Welcome back to another Pickin' Bones. That means it's Tuesday, and uh, I am acting a lot more energetic right now than I actually feel. Um, I am back <laughs> among the land of the living. I would say 75% so. I had uh, the death virus over the weekend. Um, you know, one of those where you test the limits of your uh, digestive tract, both ends of those limits, I should say. Cool. And uh, it was not fun you know if i was on the oregon trail remember playing oregon trail when you were a kid oh yeah i would oh, have yeah. i would have died i would have <laughs> my my character would have blinked out on the oregon you'd, you'd trail. have been falling out of the buggy that's right that's right i felt so sick i was i was I, while i was in my misery i was uh thinking of things as like man what would make me feel better right now and uh i i I must admit, Alex, I thought of shed hunting, and I was like, never, never in a million years. I could not shed hunt right now. <laughs> you could not make it. That's how, that's how, that's how sick you know I was. Yeah, because uh, that'll never happen. <laughs> that's right. So I was, uh, I was super sick over the weekend. I'm about 75% back this evening. I went into work for a little while today, but just did like a half day and, and, uh, that was that was plenty and uh tomorrow i'll hopefully be back in for a, a full day but um no it feels good to be doing a podcast though with alex it always uh, gets me perked up i might even feel like i'm up to 85 percent by the end of Ooh. this one. Oh man but uh it does bring back some uh tonight's conversation brings back both good memories and sad memories good memories that we're going <laughs> to talk about on a very uh very soon after this releases either this coming friday or the following friday uh just depends on how everyone's schedule works out but the much talked about and promised recap of our 2022 spring bear hunt just in time for this coming bear season hopefully it'll be relevant provide a lot of good tips and tricks for all of you bear hunters out there or wannabe bear hunters that are maybe sitting on the fence whether you're going to give it a try or not we're going to talk about we're going to get uh me and alex of course but then we're also going to have our good buddies edwin and uh, rasty on there as well and uh, we're going to talk about what our experiences were, both the good and the bad, and uh, hopefully uh, talk it up a little bit. But then there's also the sad side. The sad side is is uh, two months ago, Alex and I would be sitting at two weeks, so do that time math, uh, two weeks or three weeks maybe from our own bear hunt. Mm -hmm. That's right. We were going to go again. We are going to go to a different state this time, but... Um, my wife's work schedule changed and uh, no big deal there um, because it was a very good move for her, big career move. And uh, of course, uh, I want to be supportive in that way. And uh, so we're going to have to hold off for another year. But um, still, a lot of good memories around last year's bear hunt. And Alex was, you know, our faithful guide in a lot of ways, not just in where to hunt but in how to get ready for this hunt. And so that's why he's here tonight. He's going to talk about uh, the gear needed for doing a Western spring bear hunt. And uh, do remember, um, Alex does rent gear. He's got it all. All you got to do is head over to eastwesthunts.com and uh, drop Alex a line, or you could actually uh, you know, reach out through Instagram as well or Facebook 
go wild even if you're a go wild user <laughs> and uh you can uh, reach out to alex and say hey i need gear for x y and z and he will have it and uh the off chance that he doesn't have it he will get it and he will rent it to you for a very fair price and make sure that you are all set to go and it's not just like you have to know what to ask for alex will tell you what you need so he'll take care of you and make sure you're not going into it blind and it starts right now with this episode of picking bones alex take it away buddy what do we need for a spring bear hunt out west a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) that is true (laughs) Well, well, to, you know, to kind of circle back though, let's let's uh, first talk about the contact piece, right? If you need to get a hold of me, there's like ten different ways to get hold of me. So if you just go online, book a free consult. That's probably the best way, just because I get to meet you, to chat with you, and we do a video, you know, conference essentially, which is great. But uh, literally, you can find my phone number. You can find anything that's needed to to reach out. So. Anyways, uh, don't want to be long-winded on that part, but it's super simple. And the key is you got to take action. And the sooner the better, because today was a uh, big day. Montana announced the general uh, combos and then also the special permits for elk and deer. So we've already been getting phone calls on rentals and hunt plans and so on and so forth. So those released this afternoon. And you know, those, those dates coincide with fall general bear season. So, uh, a lot to be excited about right now, as I've been pretty darn stoked. And I literally just had a client call right before we jumped on here. So oh, nice. Pretty, pretty good deal. Yeah. This guy was super pumped, man. So very good. Uh, I'll have a, a deer and a elk tag in his pocket. So needless to say, there's a lot of gear that you need. You know, the, the, I think the key component is there's just folks in different levels of what they have right so in context of our trip right i think we saw it full force obviously i have everything known to man so i can certainly rent stuff out but at the same point speak to what's good what's bad you know what's cheap what's not can't we had plenty of those conversations oh yeah plenty <laughs> good, good two years ago if you think about it so yep you know we what are we we planned for a year before we Mm-hmm. technically went on that trip you know so so there's a lot of stuff that you would need if you're starting from you know ground zero and that's you know if we think about our group with four of us you know two of you really started from ground zero on western hunting style mm-hmm. uh yep. edwin i would say had pretty much everything because he's been on on a few hunts mm-hmm. and uh you know that changes things as far as one expense that's a huge one, right? Because oh yeah, you know, I think you've talked about it quite a bit, right? Like once you get it, you have it. Yeah, but especially if you buy quality, right? Especially if you buy quality, right? Well, and I and I'm big on that, right? I, I mm-hmm. think I think the you know buy once, cry once methodology. I think that really does it does bear some weight because oh, absolutely it does. You know. We, I've seen it, you know, you can get some stuff and it'll might last you a year or two, and then you're going to be purchasing up and you're really not going to get that money back from that transaction, which ultimately costs you a little bit more. But if you rent stuff, it, it's, it's cheaper in a sense, and it gives you the opportunity to actually see what you like. And then if you love it, you can always buy it and yeah. you don't lose any of your rental money, which is huge, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a rent to own, you know, a real small rent to own program. Pretty much. 
Well, and, I, and, and you know, whether it's positive or not, uh, I think 85% of rentals end up getting purchased. So that's why I'm constantly renting out new gear to folks because people buy it and then I have to basically replenish the stocks. But, you know, here's how I break everything up. I, I break it up into what you're going to be wearing on you, right, your clothes, and then break down everything into weight that you're going to be carrying because that is the huge factor to all of this. Uh, I think weight, especially if you're going to do backcountry, plays a huge role. Yeah. The, po- the positive for bear hunting, you know, you really can get away with road hunting in some scenarios. And uh, Kent, I think you were exposed to that a little bit. Maybe, I don't know if you yeah, expected I, it or I really not. Did, yeah, I, I didn't even understand. I mean, I had a, I, I thought I understood. I had a good, or I had an idea of what road hunting looked like but it was totally different than than uh what it ended up being yeah yeah it, i mean it's such a vast area you know and you're covering so much ground and mm-hmm. and the reality is you know the terrain in the area is so large that when you look at you know square mileage and animals per square mile it's just different it's not like right you know you got a you got a fifty acre plot and you got ten deer on it. I mean, there you got miles you're covering for a bear. You know, right? Yeah, and and there's a good point within there too that it's not the same thing as if we were looking for deer or looking for elk in the in that same spot. You know, you could technically find those, especially like deer on almost. I mean, they're going to be at a different elevation, of course, but pretty much anywhere that looks like good habitat, you're going to see them. But uh, right a bear you know you're talking a predator and the way that the food chain works and population breakdown works way less predators on the landscape than there are prey species and Mm -hmm. so it's not you know a spot it could be kind of like when you're fishing my father will be like man that looks like a fishy spot and you'll get over there and you just end up not find you know getting any hits on anything well, it's kind of the same thing with bear hunting. You know, you could be like, man, that spot just looks so good. But there very well could not have been a bear there for 10 years. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's real. So anyways, really cool that you got exposed to that and you got to see mm-hmm. it, you know, firsthand. I can, I can really speak to it firsthand. But anyways, you know, if, if we break down the gear, Clothing is a, is a big factor because comfort is going to either keep you out there or it's going to cause you to go in. And, you know, as we're going to talk in, you know, in another podcast, but we had terrible weather. We had like the worst weather in the past, like 10 years combined. (laughs) You know, when I looked at moisture levels, we We were in the rainforest. (laughs) We were, I mean, you know, there was no rain like that for seven years prior uh, I, I, we saw more rain in our time than we literally saw in like seven years combined. So, that's crazy. you know, that's, 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 you know, that's hunting. You just never know what you're exposed to, but if you didn't have good rain gear, you, you know, we yeah. would have been screwed or we didn't have tarps or whatever the case was. So, so anyways, holding's a big one. You know, you gotta, you gotta look at your layering system. You don't have to overpack. You don't need 10 pairs of stuff. You know, get one or two good layers of, you know, a, a base layer, you know, your boxers, your, you know, your socks, and then you start adding, you know, an insulation layer and, you know, an, an external layer, which is usually a soft shell. And then you have your, you know, your rain jacket, your rain pants in your backpack, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. a big one. 
uh, no, the backpack, that's a big one. Have a quality pack that you know you can yes. carry stuff out. It's going to be comfortable. You know, there are times when we were backpacking, you know, uh, Edwin and I were heading, you know, we hit the trail and, you know, at one point I think we did 2000 feet of elevation gain in less than a mile and a half. You know, that's, that's a lot. And, you, you know, we were packing, you know, on average, I'm looking at my, actually, I'm looking at my pack weight right now on the gear list. We were at 51.22 pounds. Mm. So, you know, that's tough when you're going up yeah. that high of a vertical. So, you know, having a good, comfortable pack is, is it's dynamite, but that can make or break your entire hunt. Cause you can just be miserable while you're hiking up there. Mm -hmm. So got different brands that I, that I enjoy, you know, you could, you could really look at five different brands. I would say, you know, you got Kafaru, Stone Glacier, um, XO, Kuyu, Eberly Stock, Mystery Ranch. Okay. Six. There's, there's quite a variety of, of packs that you could get out there that are really going to hold or sustain a big load. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you get to camping gear. So that's a, that's a separate thing. So I, I break that down in between clothing, backpack, camp or sleeping gear, you know, your sleeping gear, same deal. You know, are we going to camp out or are we going to be at a hotel? Right. Right. You gotta, you gotta break that part down. Uh, you know, your tent, I highly advise a double wall tent, not a single wall tent, mm -hmm. you know, and we, you, you got to see that one firsthand yep, there uh, yep. with me losing my mind on Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for, for context, he brings, he brings a single wall tent that did not do well. And I was very upset. Is so is a single wall swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not good. So I was very upset that, uh, that ended up in camp, but however, the, me, the tent that, uh, Alex recommended to me held up great through all the rain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. For both of you and, and Rasty. Rasty yeah. And we, yeah, we each had our own tent and Rasty's did great too. Uh, so funny, but you know, again, you know, there's plenty of brands that it, it just depends on the weight that you want. And again, it, it does depend on your price point. We got to be realistic of the fact that not everybody's going to want to drop you know, a thousand dollars on the tent and you're also probably not going to drop or I would not recommend you drop a hundred dollars on a tent. Those are going to be two completely different scenarios of mm -hmm. weight, permeability, waterproofness, you know, it just, and you gotta, you gotta realize that tents have a breakdown level of how much moisture they can handle before it penetrates that layer. And yep. that is a factor of what you're paying for. So, uh, while, you might think the material is the same. Their waterproofness rating and breathability ratings are completely different. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like to rock a pillow. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, I, like uh, I, yeah, I don't think I did know that. I definitely brought one because I have a history of neck problems. But Okay. Yeah, I like these, uh, the little Sea to Summit Arrows pillows. I love those things. They're two ounces. They're like 30 bucks. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Game changer. Uh, what else do we got here? Your your pad, huge huge factor. You got to mm -hmm. look at a good pad that's not gonna, you know, suck the the heat right out of your body. So, yep. uh, that's called R value. That's a really really big one. Essentially, that's telling you how insulated that pad is, right? So the higher the R value, the less you know body heat you're gonna lose to the ground. 
So I typically recommend for any client, depending on the season, somewhere in between a three or higher R value. Really, I mean, personally, I never sleep on anything that's less than a four R value Mm. during any season. It's not like you're going to overheat from having insulation. You're just not going to be losing body body heat to the ground, right? And then your sleeping bag, you know, sleeping bags are not equal in any regard. I prefer a down bag. Some people like polyester, but again, we need to talk about size, weight, packability, and you know, the reality is how much room you got in your backpack, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, what, what kind of bag did you end up with? I got a, uh, I think it was a Kelty, wasn't it? Kelty. Yeah. Bag. Yeah. You got the cosmic down. Yep, yes. Cosmic down. Yep. Awesome bag. It's an awesome bag. And you can, you know, that, that bag, I have, I have multiples of that, that I rent out and, and very and you affordable. Can't go wrong for that. Yeah. Very yeah. affordable. Yep. Super affordable. You got down in it. It's super packable. It's it's just, you know, again, it's not going to pack down to a Nalgene. It might be a Nalgene and a half, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're also saving a couple hundred bucks because you didn't get, you know, you didn't get it down an extra half of a Nalgene and packability. Right, right. But it's going to retain your heat. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So, so we talked backpack, sleeping gear, tent or shelter, clothing. And then we go to my favorite optics yep optics is my optics guy i love i love optics and between binocular spotters and well now cameras camera gear is a whole nother ball game of optics for me but same stuff you know optics are are such a such a big deal because you can't hunt what you can't see Mm -hmm. and you know if you're gonna just think think of this context right you hiked the horrendous mountain that I was just talking about, right? We hike three miles and we go up 2,500 feet in elevation in these three miles. You get up to the top, you're absolutely just blasted. Mm -hmm. And then the goal is that you sit up there, you could potentially camp up there for a day or two and you're going to glass, right? You're just going to let the eyes do the work for you. And then you get up there and you realize the most important time of the day when the sun sets, you can't see a dang thing. Yep. Because your optics suck. Yep. You can't do that. Yep. <laughs> you just can't do that. So, you know, optics are a big one. And if you can't go drop, you know, six, seven hundred, a thousand bucks, or two thousand bucks, wherever it is, then then rent some good optics. I promise you, for the week, and you spend you know a hundred and fifty bucks, that'll make or break your hunt mm-hmm. a lot. You know, maybe not for sure. But I would venture to bet 75% chance it could make or break your heart because you're not going to see what you want in the details that you want. And and that's 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 just huge. So the number one thing, you got to have good binoculars. You don't have to have a spotting scope, right? Yeah. Yep. I get that all the time. Like, oh, I got to get a spotter. It's cool to have a spotter, but you, it's not a must-have, right? And, mm-hmm. You know, maybe you could talk to that. Did you use your spotter as much as you thought you would or no? Not as much as we thought we would. We used it some and it was it was helpful when we used it. But um the bear that kind of changed the game, so the the first bear we saw, um, that was uh glassing with my binos, my twelve buys. Right. Yep. And that's that that's how you gotta look at a spotter, right? You gotta look at 
with your binoculars, you have a wider field of view, right? So like a, a, a 10 by 42 binocular, right? You might be seeing, you know, and again, depending on the binocular, but let's say you're able to see 340 yards of, of view, right? So mm-hmm. that's saying for every thousand yards, you're going to be able to see 340 40 wide. That's, that's pretty awesome, right? That's a large yeah. vantage point. You go and put a spotter into that mix now. Well, that spotter, depending on what your magnification is, is going to dilute that to a hundred. Yep. You know, see, so a hundred feet or three hundred forty-two. That's a much wider, more mm-hmm. narrower view, and that could be the difference of you seeing something or not. So, your spotting scope is made for once you find something in binoculars. Now you can put the spotter on it to see more detail, right? But yep. you know, if you're going to shoot any bear. Yeah, okay, you know, you don't you don't need a spotter, right? If you if you're gonna go count brow tines on a elk, all right, yeah, you know, like that, no. that makes sense. Needless to say, if you're stuck on a spotter, <clears throat> I got plenty of them, and uh, I got some really really amazing spotters that are not crazy expensive and they're not heavy, mm-hmm. and uh, and you could crush it. So, in my opinion, if I was gonna go out on that bear hunt again, I'd be taking a 65 millimeter. Uh, spotter i take some 10 buys and uh you know you got to have a, a a great tripod yeah you know that and so, that's that's what i was using when i spotted the bear the tripod is an absolute must yeah yeah if you don't have a tripod and you think you're gonna freehand stuff not a chance <laughs> your hands are gonna go numb you won't be able to squeeze no, the trigger not a chance man <laughs> i mean I, there, there was a picture that we posted it was like i was in the back of the truck like i was in the truck bed and then one of you is like sitting in a chair and, and two of you guys are standing up yeah. with your tripods and you guys are all glassing, right? And we were looking at elk and deer yep. off on the side of that mountain over there, right? Yep. I I think I I looked over that mountain probably 50 times, you know, and finally I'd found two deer that came out and then mm-hmm. slowly we saw that cow elk come through. Yep. And and it was cool. I mean, we watched that till till you know nightfall basically yeah. it, was, it was just beautiful yeah, that was to watch. awesome that was one of my favorite moments of the trip oh so good you know and sometimes it's not about just finding what you're hunting it's just seeing nature and watching it you Absolutely. know it's just a cool experience so so yeah you gotta get a good tripod i have different tripod recommendations again different weights and all that a lot of times your tripod is going to get more expensive as it's lighter in weight due to its construction uh, with that, what that means is aluminum tripods will be cheaper than a carbon fiber tripod. That's a that's a big one. But, you know, there's trade-offs with both. You know, you're going to have uh, like an aluminum tripod is going to get colder. And, you know, you're going to need gloves on if it's freezing out because you're not going to want to hold on to that metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've got a carbon tripod, carbon fiber tripod, you're not going to experience that. Uh, noise, you know, if you're... If you're banging something against the metal of an aluminum, it's going to be louder versus carbon. Not so much, you know, so, so mm-hmm. there are trade-offs there, but you know, you might pay two, three times more for the carbon fiber one and right. you're saving maybe five ounces, right? So it's like, yep. you really got to talk through that. So, so having a good consult and talking about stuff is, is vital on stuff like that. A mm-hmm. uh, weapon. This is this. I know, I know some people fab uh, like fascinated over weapons. This is where I care the least. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I'll get a $300 rifle or a $3,000 rifle. That like completely doesn't matter to me. As long as I have a good scope on it, 
that goes back to optics. A scope on your weapon is 90% more useful than the weapon itself. Mm. Um, That's great. Too. So, yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, you were shooting, uh, you were shooting a 30 odd six, weren't you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I was shooting a Savage Axis, which is like a $350 rifle. Yeah. That's what mine was. Right? Too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Savage there you Axis. go. Yep. So, so that's a, you know, that's a, that's a great rifle and, and it mm -hmm. shoots, I hate to say it, it shoots straighter than some of my $2,000 rifles, but yeah. I, you know, if you got a, you know, seven, $800, maybe more expensive rifle scope on it, I promise you that thing's going to tack drive mm -hmm. just as good as anything else. Yep. So, um, and you got to practice. Yep. That's a big one. Don't forget to practice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I needed a little more of that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know what? I wasn't even thinking that, but yes, you're right. <laughs> I guess you did. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's awesome. We got another that's podcast. Awesome. It, it'll either release right before the bear one or right after it, where I talk to a, uh, 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 we'll just say special forces sniper. Oh, uh, okay. Who who runs us through optics and the importance of that and how to be an accurate shooter. So we'll hear more on that it. topic for sure soon. Love it. Okay. Um, and interestingly enough, I had somebody watch it. Uh, somebody watched the deer hunting YouTube video that I had posted oh, nice. and, and uh, he was like, you know, I love, I love the video and I like, you know, I like some of the other stuff that you put on there, but I haven't done a backcountry hunt and I want to know how you use the stuff on the hunt and i was like yeah. okay so, so just so tell me this do you want to see a gear dump or do you want to see like a hunting trip where i'm talking about how i'm using this stuff or do you just want to see like i'm out in the back country and i'm using it like camping and he's like sure, yeah. he's like no i like i guess i want to see all of it right but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so i started laughing i was like okay well which one's like what are you like what was your initial thought and he's like like i'm out and you're hunting and you get to see it like used, but you talk about what you're using, you know? And I was like, all right, well, yeah. I think, I, I think that's real of, of like what you could do, you know? And, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the gear list, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, another sub spot that I talk about just gear overall, that's just not, I guess, in a, in any kind of a bracket or component, I like a butt seat or like a glassing pad. Yeah, I think that's, that's a game important. changer for sure. Yep. Did, did you have one or no? Uh, Rasty brought two. I used one okay. of his. It's awesome. Yeah, sitting on your butt and on something hard just sucks for hours. Mm -hmm. Yep. So You're not in the game. Um, no. And I literally, it could be like, it, it does not have to be anything elaborate. It could be a, a folded blanket. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just doesn't matter, but something. Um, <clears throat> your your gear that is electronic, you need to, weigh a you need to have a way to charge your stuff, especially if you're in the backcountry. So... I have a certain recommended battery pack. It's about a pound. It's 17 ounces. You can get it for 50, 55 bucks and it'll charge your phone probably six times. Hmm. I mean, that's plenty. Uh, if you really think you're going to be out and you're not going to get back to your truck for days on end, a solar charger. Mm -hmm. um, and then just little stuff like a water filter, water, yeah. water tablets to like really double, you know, basically it's an insurance policy to make mm -hmm. sure you don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. Yep. And it's a good one. You it's know, an important one. Yeah. What a lot of people don't, don't know is, um, you know, a lot of those water filters, they have a ceramic insert 
And if you get below freezing and there's moisture in it, and let's say you like leave it in your backpack and mm. it freezes at night, it will crack your filter. Yeah, and what will happen is, yeah, you're going to be pumping, not thinking it, but it's not, it's not clearing, cleaning all your water. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually don't use a ceramic filter whatsoever. I use a, a, a cloth style filter. And then I still will use those droplets just to make sure. I just do not want to get Giardia or something in yep. the backcountry. Yep. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, what what kind of knife are you using? Um, for us, obviously, we needed to hang our food at night. That was a big one. So we needed mm -hmm. to have like a, a pulley system. And, and, you know, again, nothing crazy. We did have a – we had a bear fence. Yeah, you know, not everybody would have a bear fence, but that was a big one. I don't think we ever set them up. Which you didn't even though, use. Did. No, no, we never, we never yep. set ours up. I don't think you guys used used one either, did you? We used it for basically two nights. Okay. And then we met up with you guys, and then after that, we didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, goes back to that tent issue that we were talking about, but, um, <laughs> but you know, the bear fence was, was, I mean, it weighs like five yeah, pounds. It's, it's very light. To set up. People should take it. And if you think you shouldn't go back and listen to episode 113 with Jeremy Evans, and then you'll want to take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the off chance that you have a grizzly show up in camp, you probably would want to have a yeah, bear fence. That's for, for sure. sure. Um, cook kit, you know, mm. I, I was just, I was just looking at, uh, doing some reviews on different cook kits. I typically use a jet boil, but I've also gone off on just little titanium pots, a little, uh, you know, pocket rocket, stuff like that. Again, it depends on your weight, you know, because a jet boil does weigh a little bit more than some other stuff. Um, you know, a titanium spoon, you got to have a good headlamp. Uh, don't forget your toilet paper, a little bit of a first aid kit. And then food, man. I mean, Foods you're gonna, food and water are going to be your heaviest things in your pack. Mm -hmm. You know, so kind of safe to say for the caloric need that you need per day, uh, earring on the side of caution, I would say about two pounds per day I can get away with. And I, I did on that hunt. I had a pound, a little less than a pound and a half. And I was about 2,700 calories for the day. Mm -hmm. So, and again, that's like really just, being mathematical with every single thing I'm putting in my, in my pack, but that's kind of how you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and spread those meals out, you know, don't be like, Oh, I got to have three square meals a day. At least that's kind of what I found. It's like maybe have two big ones and then have plan on just eating some, like those stinger waffles you told me to get were excellent. Um, mm -hmm. they were lightweight. You could fit them in basically any pocket on you, including your yeah. pack, your coat, pants whatever and uh you know just kind of munch on stuff like that more throughout the day and then you know maybe have two of those bigger freeze dry meals or something like that and you'll be good totally i i i think snacking is probably the best scenario to it mm -hmm. and really your your only real big meal of the day if you think about it is is when you're together at camp at night it's usually some form of a dinner mountain yeah, house right you know, peak refuel, something like that. Or, you know, again, if you have accommodation somewhere near closer, I mean, you know, you're, you're probably going to stop and have a bigger dinner somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's the other thing yeah. too. If you end up driving a lot of those roads and doing some of the, some of the road hunting, or if you have just a ton of inclement weather like we did and, and uh, you know, you need to cover ground just so you can come across any kind of bear sign 
at all. Well, you're going to have to go back in and get uh, fuel for your vehicle too. So that gives you a chance mm-hmm. to, to uh, you know, get another uh, different meal then too if you wanted to or other food items, snacks, something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, think about what we ended up doing, right? I mean, in the mornings, we'd go get gas and, I mean, Edwin and I would stop and grab a breakfast sandwich and then hit it hard, you know? So, yep. you know, every every hunt has different parameters and different needs. You know, if you're doing a truly backcountry hunt, it's going to have a different kit and a different need. If you're road hunting, it's going to have a different need. And there's nothing wrong with either of them. You know, it's like, I know people have this fascination with backcountry hunting and you love it, but I don't think everybody realizes how hard that is on your body physically, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's okay. You can, you can go backcountry hunt for two days and then you can go road hunt for four. And I do hunt plans and can it, and put all that into play. Right. And you have different mm-hmm. scenarios. You might have three different options of your hunt. You know, you're going to have backcountry. Here's where you could road hunt or camp by your truck. And, you know, that's going to give you different options opportunities i mean you could be cooking steak in camp yeah you know so i I think i think that's a real conversation to have with a client and and what you're expecting of it but you know to keep it in context of something shorter for a uh a pick and bones you know this is kind of the best scenario that i could give you of how i break that down and you know think of your food your water your backpack you know your general gear your cook kit you know your weapon your optics and then your, you know, your camp sleeping gear and then just, you know, what clothing you're taking. And, you know, you kind of hit all that, weigh it out, and, and then we can formulate a plan of, you know, what's that all going to weigh. And I really like to stay somewhere, somewhere ideally under 60 pounds if you're going to do something fully backcountry and ideally somewhere closer to 50. Yeah, yeah. No, that was an excellent, uh, just, just a quick hitter on, uh, and I know this is going to be a longer pick and bones, but. I mean, it shows you how much gear you got to have for doing one of these. And it's important to know that. So, you know what you're biting off when, when you decide to go on a trip like this, but don't let it scare you off. That's why we do this episode is to show you how to get it done. And, uh, there's, uh, the older I get, which I'm getting up there, um, the, the more I see that there's, there's really, you know, you can group most people, not all, but most people, into doers and talkers you know people that are gonna oh yeah we should really do that at some point yeah we should do that i mean i've always wanted to boy no you just got to do it and uh and talk talk is not gonna tell the story in the end you know it's gonna be the pictures it's gonna be the it's gonna be the holes in your pants and the blood stains Mm -hmm. on your shirt sleeves and the nicks in your knife and and the missed shots even and uh yeah uh, and those that hit home you know and and uh, of course ultimately uh the food on the table at the end is is the ultimate reality for for somebody who chooses to do it and these are the steps that you're going to need in order to figure that out be sure you talk to alex so yourself don't just take my word for it um you need to get over to eastwesthunts.com you can you can contact him there or, uh, um, you know, any of the other ways that we've talked about before, you can find all of those in the show notes uh, with this podcast. And uh, tell them that I sent you by entering the promo code FIRSTGEN10. 
and you'll save yourself 10% and your hunt just got cheaper at that point. So make sure you do that. And then don't forget about the presenting sponsor for the podcast, good old Spartan Forge. Uh, just talked to Bill this uh, last week again. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys are following Bill or not or uh, Spartan Forge on Instagram, but uh, he is a really good dude. Um, many times he reaches out, uses his platform to uh, um, uh, lift up friends family other uh he's a military guy so sometimes it's for veterans but uh does a lot of a lot of uh i guess you could say charity work um for Mm -hmm. for folks in need and uh just shows the kind of heart that bill has that's not the kind of guy that's going to screw you over with his product he puts forth his best effort every single day into making spartan forge the best thing for you and uh you can uh, find a link for that in the show notes or in my instagram go to uh my link tree which is in my bio and click on that and then you'll find a link there for Spartan Forge. So make sure you head over there. It really is the best mapping app that I've dealt with. It's the best deer prediction behavior um, or deer behavior prediction uh, uh, service. And I've used multiple in the past. And I've, I've found Spartan Forge to be the most accurate <clears throat> so far. And uh, I really enjoy everything about Spartan Forge. I think you will as well. So jump on board with that. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, another thing I wanted to shout out here too is, uh, Alex and I both, uh, do affiliate partnerships with, um, black Ovis and, uh, camo fire. Uh, it's really the same company, um, mm-hmm. or two companies owned by the same people, I guess you could say. And, uh, that is where I got almost all of my gear for this hunt was through Black Ovis and Camo Fire. And uh, you will save so much money by using those guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just blowing smoke. So you'll find links for those as well in these uh, show notes. And you can find a link for both of them in my link tree as well. Go visit there. Start buying your gear there. You'll see all kinds of handy reviews. They have videos on the gear where they're they're telling you about the specs and everything. You can see that they're, I mean, people like Alex that are in the back country all the time who have done a lot of hunts, they're the ones leaving reviews on there. And so when it's kind of like almost like a built-in rock slide that they have going along yeah. with, yeah. with uh, um, each product on their site. So definitely check out Black Ovis and Camel Fire as well. Well, Alex, thanks a ton, buddy. I'm losing Thank my voice you. here. I'm, 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 I'm waning. I got to go to bed here soon, but, uh, it's good to be, it's good to, Hey, it's, this was the best part of, this is the best part of my last five days. Probably. Well, good, man. Cause I was bummed when I heard you were all knocked out. Oh man. So. I'm so sick, but it's uh, good to be back. And, uh, we got another podcast coming up uh, soon. So, uh, you take it easy, buddy. And uh, to everyone listening in, thank you so much. Please continue to reach out to us. Love hearing from you. And until next time, take care and take someone hunting.